0: Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Mishnah at the top of Tezayin Amr'alaf. ha'olam At four intervals, the world is judged. Pesach al On Pesach, the world is judged concerning grain. Batzeres al on Shavuot, there's a judgment or the fruits of the trees. Rosh Hashanah, called by Olam, over in the fun of On Rosh Hashanah, all of the people that have come into this world pass before him, before God, like B'nei Maron. The Gemara is going to describe what that is later. We'll have a Hashem Shat is like a flock, like a sheep. Shneimar, Hayot And on Sukkot, the world is judged for water. The so four different times of judgment: Pesach, Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, and Sukkot. Let's take a look. The Gemara that does address V'nei Maron, it's Yudchas It's before the Mishnah. Rosh Hashanah Kol Olam over in the K'v'nei Maron. Ma'ay K'v'nei What does it mean? Haha Targimo K'v'nei Amarno. Here in Bavel, it's translated as Young Sheep. Rosh Shamar, K'ma'alos V'es Shlakir says it's like the ascent of Beis Maron. See Rashi. A narrow pathway that has a steep slope on either side, and two cannot walk next to each other. The valley is steep on either side of the path. Another interpretation, like the soldiers of the House of David. Trashi says, According to this interpretation, it's not the Aramaic version of sheep, nor a description of a particular path, that's very narrow, but rather, Moros, It's a description of mastery, position of power, like those in the army of King David. And they would go one after the other on their way out to battle. Vekulon niskaron beskira achas, and they are all seen with one glance. Rashi, even though they are going one after the other. we have a similar teaching. The one who forms together their heart and understands all of their deeds. What is this coming to say? If you say that it's re- referring to the, st- the state of people, that he. Brings all of the people, and joins their heart to be as one. we see that it's not so. so rather, what is the interpretation of the verse? the Creator sees together their heart, and He understands all of their deeds. So here we have a few different angles of interpreting Kivnei Maram and it doesn't appear that there's really a machlokis going on rather different mashalim, different parables to explain how Kadesh Baruch Hu judges on Rosh Hashanah, humanity So just like the people on a path a long narrow path if they can't walk in pairs they can only walk single file so at a glance somebody can view everybody on the path if somebody has the right angle so that's a certain grand scope where one can see each individual the idea of the the sheep going through the corral on the one hand it's one by one so there is individual attention on the other hand they are all together in the corral Till they go one by one so there's a, a certain unity to the experience al could use a marshal to explain the idea. There's a certain Ilui that had an interesting chush. He was able to perceive a lot of things simultaneously. So, for example, he would look at a brick wall, and he, he would be able to say instantaneously how many bricks were in the wall. They asked him how he could count so fast. And he said, he's not counting so fast. He said, let me give you an example. So he picked up his hand, and he showed four fingers. He said, how many fingers do I have? the guy said, four. He said, how did you count so fast? He said, I didn't need to count. I just saw that there were four. So he said the same thing by me. I didn't need to count, I just saw, I was able to process there, 84 bricks on the wall. Okay, so your processor sees four, you didn't need to count one, two, three, four. So God's Baruch glances at humanity and can see precisely what's going on and judge each one individually while perceiving the entire mass of humanity. Okay, back to the Gemara, in Tessayin Ha'i Tevua, this grain. If we're saying that the judgment is going on the grain that is standing, right, so this is on Pesach, there's a judgment for Tevua, grain. So if the judgment takes place on Pesach, so ko' hami, ha'patki, The audio, Allah, all of those Rashi says mikros, all of these events transpired to the grain until Pesach. Amos, and When was that judged? Elo Tvor de Mizda Aro. Rather, it's referring to the judgment of the grain that will be planted. So, Pesach, there's a judgment of grain, not the grain that's standing. The drain the the grain that will be planted following pesa the mema dedina missdao does this imply that there's only one point of judgment for any given crop of grain and we have a rice so that sounds not that way onis grain that had as she says borrowed Oshidofon that suffered from hail or blight, some only some type of problem that occurred harming the grain, Pesach Nidonis If it happens before Pesach, so it is an event that was judged upon from the previous Pesach. If the harm that befalls the grain takes place after Pesach, so that was judged on Pesach. So you have a time of, of growing for the crop, and there are two days of judgment that are relevant to this individual crop. The growth before Pesach is judged from the previous Pesach and the growth after Pesach is from the most immediate judgment on the previous Pesach on the Pesach that came out when the the grain was growing A man who has something befall him if it happens before Yom Kippur so that is a result of the judgment that happened in the previous year Yom nidon if it took place after Yom Kippur so then it's judged on the Yom Kippur that just happened so even though our Mishnah doesn't mention Yom Kippur Yom Kippur is the Gemara Din Netzchilos din is Rosh Hashanah. Omer Ravash, sh'ma menatrei dineh So we derive that there are two judgments that have taken place. Shato, as the Bach adds, two judgments for that year. Omer Rabaye Hilchach ki chazinish de misachzara aflo. Therefore. Practical business advice, Abaye says, the person sees that the seeds that he's planted of the slow-growing grain are being successful. he <inaudible> should be quick and plant quick-growing grain. De salik. Before the next judgment, he can already harvest a quick-growing grain. So he sees that there's success in a slow-growing grain. He sees the judgment was favorable f- from the previous Pesach. So before the next Pesach, he can already chapparain and plant another quick crop that will also be successful. Let's see Tosus. The Pesach alatvor. The judgment of Pesach zanatvoa. The Perak Misha Meso. One A fascinating story about a pious person that is having some marital problems. Got into a fight with his wife, heir of Rosh Hashanah, and she was driving him crazy. So he went and did something crazy. He went to go to sleep in the basic forest. So, the story over there it also tells us a little bit about it. It sounds like on Rosh Hashanah he heard two spirits speaking one with the other. That they heard from behind the partition, meaning classified information. That anybody who plants and it first rains will be struck, that that planting will be struck by hail. So the, the story over there has that he's implements that and he, uh, he's successful and he goes back the next year and he hears again the uh, the good times to plan versus the bad times to plan, and he's successful. This is all taking place on Rosh Hashanah. So what does it mean? The Pesach halatvua, the judgment of the grain is on Pesach, and he's getting this news on Rosh Hashanah. V'shema b'Rosh Hashanah din haniska b'Pesach. Maybe the judgment took place on Pesach and the announcement comes out the press release is six months later On Rosh Hashanah, so that's when they got to hear about it Inami alternatively could Yehuda, the Omar I done Rosh Hashanah Perhaps you know, it's, a, it's in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda who holds all are judged on Rosh Hashanah because our din be Pesach al according to Yehuda everything all these judgments take place on Rosh Hashanah and That the judgment begins on Rosh Hashanah and the Gzardin, the final Decree is determined each time in its time and for Pesach is the Gzardin of the two of the grain So the first step Nidunin on Rosh Hashanah that already they could hear even though it wasn't the final sack if you will the final uh, seal of the decree but they already had access according to Yehuda from the preliminary judgment on Rosh Hashanah Mani Mas who is the author of our Mishnah Lo Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yehuda not any of them the Tanya as we have in the Baraysa Hakol Nidunin The Rosh Hashanah. Everyone is judged on Rosh Hashanah. So, all of these facets that we're describing in our Mishnah have the judgment take place on Rosh Hashanah. And the final sealing of the judgment is on Yom Kippur. That is Rabbi Meir's opinion. So, obviously, our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Udomer. HaKol Niduna B'Rosh Hashanah Rabuda says, the first step, he agrees, everyone has judged all these cases on Rosh Hashanah U'Gzadun Shalahem Nechtam Kol Echad V'Echad bezmano. And the final decree is sealed, each one at its time B'Pesach HaLatua, A'Tzeres Al Perz Ha'Elon Chag Nidunan Al Mayim V'Oad Am Nidum Rosh Hashanah U'Gzadun Shalo Nechtam Yom HaKipurim We already saw Rabbi Yehuda was mentioned in Tosos as a possible interpretation of the story in Brahus. According to Rabbi Yehuda, everything starts on Rosh Hashanah. Unlike Rabbi Meir, that says everything is concluded on Yom Kippur, he says each one has its time. So the Tvuah, the grain is judged, is completed, the judgment is completed on Pesach, on Shvois the judgment is completed on the fruits of the tree and on Sukkos the judgment is completed on water and By a person he agrees with rabbi Meir that the judgment is completed on Yom Kippur Rabbi Yossi says a person is judged every single day Shenema, as the verse states Batifkidenu Livikorim Rabbi Nelson Nelson says, a person is judged at each moment. In the same verse, in Iov, At moments, you shall probe him, judge him. And if you want to say that perhaps you can interpret our Mishnah as being in accord with Rabbi Yehuda, And our Mishnah is not talking about the initial judgment, but the conclusion of judgment. If that would be the case, then we have a problem by man. Man that is mentioned in the Mishnah should say I'm Kippur. And it says Rosh Hashanah. So it doesn't fit with Reb Yudah either. So Rav says who is the Tanah of our Mishnah is the Tanna of the house of Rabbi Shmuel. The Tanna of Rabbi Shmuel, Barbop Raki Olam At four junctures, the world is judged. The Pesach and Pesach for the grain, Batseres HalPesach for the fruits of the tree, B'Chag Niduna Al Ma'im, and Sukkis. Is the judgment for water. And man is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and the ceiling of his judgment is on Yom Kippur. And what is the Mishnah talking about? So according to this Tanah, the Be'er Yishmael, each facet of judgment is that is mentioned is the beginning of the din and therefore we don't have a kasha why Adam is judged on Rosh Hashanah it's talking about the Trilas din and it's not like Rabbi Yehuda Omar of Chista, my time of Rabbi what is the reasoning of Rabbi Yossi what's the question he said his reasoning Parsak in Iov, atifke dano, leave a korin, and he shall be uh, recalled in the mornings. Anan hachikomrina, my time in law with Rabbi Noson. What we mean to say is, what is the reason he does not say like Rabbi Noson? Bechino, you know, be'alamu. So, perhaps the reason why. Is because the second part of the verse that Rabbi Nosson works on, the Rugoim sounds like just a glance, just an observation. So he doesn't want to say that the judgment is each moment, because it appears from the verse that it's just an observation each moment. If that's really the case. The Gemara is not satisfied. The verse says all together, the whole verse. So it sounds like it's the same thing. If you say that the second part of the verse is only a glance, so why would you think that the first part is a full judgment? Rather... Rabbi reasoning is actually not from that verse. That, that verse only is describing a glance, as it were, on the person, on each person. And where is Rabbi Yossi coming from, that the judgment on each person takes place on a daily basis? Me'acha from this verse. La'asos mishpat abdo, mishpat amo Yisrael, So this is a pasuk describing the tefillah. Of Shlomo Amalech, the Haftara of also Mishpat Avdo, Mishpat Amo, Israel, to perform the judgment of his servant the Melech, and the judgment of his nation, Israel, each each matter on its day. That implies a judgment on a daily basis. Melech the king and the congregation. The king comes to judgment first. First, says mishpat Avdo, the judgment of his servant, which is the king. And afterwards, Subsequently, is the judgment of his nation, Israel. My time, what's the reasoning? He boiseymo, lab aro, of Malka, One possibility the Gemara proposes is that it's not it's not a proper etiquette to have the king standing outside while the the nation is being judged. Alternatively, that the king should be judged before there's a spread of divine wrath. So two possible reasons why the king is judged first. The Paras Yosef works on understanding the second reasoning. Perhaps the reason that the concern is for the king and not for the broader nation is because there's a merit of the Rabbim. There's a merit that will protect the entire group and the king being judged independently doesn't have that. So he needs to be judged first before there is any anger in the judgment. Whereas if the people are judged first, then the king will not have the merit of the entire nation, of the tzibor. And therefore, it's not a good situation to be in. So he should be judged first. Or, alternatively, if the nation is found guilty, so that would bring about an intensification of divine anger. But just for one guy, even if he's in power, making trouble, so the king, even if his judgment doesn't go well, it's not not a concern that there will be a spreading of divine wrath that would negatively impact the nation. So... To Mahalchim and the of why the concern of the spreading of divine wrath is tilted in this direction, that the king should go first and not the other way around. Let's move back a little bit to the Rashi describing the judgment of the grain, the early grain, late grain. The fact that the Gemara concludes that an individual crop is subject to two points of judgment. So that has an implication. The person sees that there's success in the planting of the slow planting. The and kusemes are grains that are pl- planted in the month of Cheshvan. They are not quick to ripen; they are a slow-growing crop, planted early in the season. And if they are being successful, continues Rashi, lichtem lizrab you should quickly plant a quick-growing crop. Hasa'ira, plant the barley which is quick. Hamemaheres lizbashel. Vizorim osa bishvat, One of the quick growing crops of barley planted after Marcheshvon in Shvat and oda. De kivon, de aflo matloch, because the slow growing earlier planted crop crops are being successful, shmamino, pesach, We can derive from there that the judgment on the grain on the previous pesach was a good judgment. Be quick to plant a second planting. That's what Rashi speaks at. So Luchera, just to do a Sikum Rashi, the earlier fast crop, sorry, the earlier slow growing crop is planted in Cheshvon. And the later quick growing crop is planted either in Shvat or Adar. If you take a look in Kohelas, Perikiralha, I'm sorry, Perikiralf Posakbez, Tain Cheleclashiva, give a portion for the seven, the gamlish one and also for the eight. Kiloseida Maya Ro because you don't know what will be evil on the ground. And Targum explains, Hav Chulak Tov Minzaro, Lechakloch, Give a good portion from the seed for your field Bitishre plant in Tishre Velo af and don't hold back from planting even in Kislave. Arum Losinda visha aloi for you don't know what will befall what evil will befall the land E Harfinitson If the quick-growing crops will be successful or the slow-growing crops So you don't know So the advice Targum is explaining in his uptage the way he interprets this verse the Shiva Gamma This is advice for one who is planting and If somebody plants in Tishrei, which is the seventh month he should not hold back from planting also in Kislev, which is why he's saying Kislev, for Shmona. it should be Cheshvan. he is describing a little bit different than what Rashi says. Rashi says the earlier crop is Cheshvan. The slow-growing crop starts in Cheshvan. And the late-growing crop, he said, is Shvat or Adar. In the Targum, the earlier one is Tishrei, and the later one is Kislev. Ben we need to understand and why the Posik says Shmona. If Shiva means Tishrei, so Cheshon is after Tishrei. I'll go him as a possible way to to work through what's the earlier crop and what's the later crop. Seems to be Estherah. I'm not a farmer, I don't know what the, the Yishuv is, but as a possibility we do find that the growing season is different in Eretz Yisrael and in Bavel. We find that in Eretz Yisrael it's earlier, we start davening for rain already from Zayin Cheshvan, whereas in Bavel we wait to December 4th or 5th, much later. So it appears that the growing cycle of crops are not perfectly in sync, perhaps that's the Yishuv. Perhaps the Targum is earlier, speaking about Tishrei and Kislev, based on the growing cycle of Eretz Yisrael, whereas the Rashi over here is working with the growing cycle of Bavel, where the earlier is later, and the, the slow-growing crop Rashi has already in Cheshvan, and the quicker-growing crop, crop is is past case slave is planted in shvat or Adon. so it could be that that lack of of cohesiveness is based on which area which region we're describing the growing cycle in ertz it would seem is earlier in the year than the growing cycle in Bavel. and based on our gemara's advice that we understand that the judgment seems to be linked meaning the earlier crop and the later crop until Pesach comes whatever happens to those grains is essentially a result of the judgment that took place the previous Pesach so Argomar says if you see great success in a slow-growing crop that you planted earlier quickly plant another quick-growing crop that you'll be able to harvest before Pesach. That's Argumar's advice. Based on this idea of understanding the judgment, how do we understand the advice of Shlomo Amalekh? He says, give a portion from your grain to plant in Tishrei, and don't hold back from planting in Kislev. Because you don't know which what evil will befall the land, whether the early whether the quick growing will be more successful or the slow growing so the, the later crop or the earlier crop you don't know what will be more successful so the, the simple reading is that he's saying hedge your bets don't put all your eggs in one basket don't plant only the early crop or only the late crop you don't know what will be more successful well our gemara is saying If you see success in the early crop, then you should be aggressive and invest heavily to plant the second crop early because it's all part of the same judgment. And as much as it's all part of the same judgment, how do we interpret the somewhat pessimistic view brought in the Targum based on the posseq? We don't know what evil will befall the land. Meaning, we're contemplating a poor crop potential. We don't know whether the quick, the the later crop that grows quickly will be more successful or the earlier slow-growing crop will be successful. It sounds like he's saying that a person who is subject to raw al-ha'aretz, so if he If he planted, he's, of course, planting in Tishrei, giving a good portion for the planting in Tishrei in the earlier crop, the slow-growing crop. But even if things don't go so well, he shouldn't throw in the towel and say, Well, since it's going bad, so I won't plant a second crop because I see that it was a, a bad judgment for the year. Meaning, don't say the opposite of our Gemara. Don't say that if you see that the earlier crop is bad, that you shouldn't plant the the fast-growing, later planting. Because a person doesn't know whether this will be more successful or that will be more successful. Meaning, there is still opportunity of rachim. A person shouldn't throw in the towel and say, "The, the earlier crop is no good. I won't bother with the later crop. Don't say that. That seems to be the The idea of this tagum at least through the lens of our gemara, that a person should still plant in a later crop that grows faster, and not be deterred, saying, uh, "Once it started bad, so just uh, consider it a bad judgment and don't bother." No, there's a potential for each one to have a separate outcome even though our Gemara links the outcomes on the good end, but on the bad end, which is the focus in our verse in your Aleph, Beis, and Kohelis, it seems that on the bad end there is not a linkage, and it's conceivable that there would be a negative judgment on one and not the other, and therefore don't give up hope and still plant the, the quicker-growing, later planting. Back to the Gemara. Amar! Revyosev Keman Matzlinon Haidno. Like who do we pray now? Aksire vamere Rashi Aktsire vamere. If I was from Sechas Nadorim, Kitsire cholem. We pray for sick. Mariye Tamir Chachomim. Shehein Teshu Shekor. Tamir Chachomim tend to be weaker that very demanding profession, if you will, to dedicate oneself to Talmud's Torah takes a lot of a person. And it tends to be t'shushit koach, weakness, associated with being a Talmud Chacha. It's a draining engagement. So we pray for Cholim, those who are sick and those who are weak, and Rashi says that means In accordance with which opinion do we pray for both? Keman, kribiosi? It would seem that our prayer for the sick and for the weak, or Tamir Chachamim, is like Rabbiosi. Rabbiosi, says Rashi, Rabi Yossi is of the opinion that a person is judged every day. And we pray that he should be judged in a meritorious fashion, not be declared uh, guilty of death. If it would be in accordance with the Rabbanon, who say a person is only judged on Rosh Hashanah, it was already judged. Whatever happened, happened on Rosh Hashanah. So what is the purpose of the prayer? That we do on a daily basis, so it must be like Rabbi Yossi. say another interpretation, the Olam Karabanan, even according to the Rabbanan who say the judgment is on Rosh Hashanah, still we pray, Akteri Vamriyeh, we pray for the sick and for Tamir Chachamim. And in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak, Dom Rabbi Yitzchak Yofeh so Akol Adam between kotam Zadin, bain Achik Zadin, That there is The ability to overturn it's good for a person to cry out whether it be before the judgment or after the judgment and Therefore even according to the Rabbana that the judgment took place on Rosh Hashanah. There is a potential to appeal and To overturn the judgment. So therefore based on that optimism in spite of the judgment that the Rabbanon say took place in Rosh Hashanah, we pray continuously for the sick and for Tamir to overturn a din, a judgment against them. Let's see Tosos. In accordance with which opinion do we now pray for the sick and for Bim HaChachamim? And if you want to ask the Rabbanon Nami, how could we push the fact that we pray only according to Reb Yossi and deny that Rabbanon acknowledge prayer on a daily basis? Look at the Shemonesre, the that applies to entire Jewish people, including the Rabbanon, who are of the opinion that the din takes place on Rosh Hashanah and... They also have in their nosach these two brachas of rufa Irufa'einu, and Birkas Hashanim. So we're praying for the sick, praying for success, and for sustenance. So that's done on a daily basis, even according to the Rabbanu. So How does the Gemara present it as being limited to the Shita of Rabbi The ode... And further, Ha Rabbi Yehuda the Amrachah, other niddim Rosh Hashanah was that day in Shalosh Yom Kipurim. Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says that a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and the seal of that judgment is on Yom Kipur. Ha on a parakama de Shabbos, <laughs> he is the one who says in the first chapter of Shabbos, Daf Yebesumidbeis, <laughs> Hanichnas Levakeh Hachole. When he goes in to seek the welfare of the sick, Omer man he makes a prayer. May the all Merciful, may God be merciful upon you, the Al Israel, and on the, the sick of Israel. So Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says that there's a prayer to be said, requires a prayer to be said for the sick. Somebody's going to be Mevaki so, Rabbi Yehuda is in the, the camp of those who say the judgment is on Rosh Hashanah, not every day. So how does the Shtim? How does he offer this prayer on, on a basis that's not resigned to the judgment that took place on Rosh Hashanah? Rabbi Notam gives an answer. That a person shouldn't become ill, that, in fact, the Rabbanan and Rabbi Yehuda say there's no reason to pray for that. Shocking assertion. That's only a valid prayer according to Rabbi Yossi. But that he should be healed, that we pray according to everybody. The time that a person will become ill, that was decreed. According to their opinion on Rosh Hashanah, sealed on Yom Kippur, but the time of healing was not decreed. That's Rabbeinu Tam's answer. answer. The time of healing is still open, and therefore a person should pray for the time of healing. Like Rabuda says, when visits to seek out the welfare of the sick needs to pray for their healing there's no exaggeration on that that's not set in stone as it were and the the Rabbanon as well but to pray that a person maintain their health and not become sick that is only a valid prayer according to rabbi yosi that's rabbi explanation <inaudible> And says this Gemara that Rashi quoted Dorim Tathmantasmabes Ahaht Rab Yosef Ktsiri Ktsiri Mamish Marie Rabbona. Those who are sick, it means the sick face value. Marie, those that are weak, doesn't mean a generalized prayer for those that are weak, it means Rabbona. Like Rashi said, Ahach Tomaslinon Aktsiri Shisrakel. And now we pray for the sick that they should be healed. The recoil, the Bath says, according to everybody, Amri Hino Rabanon, Shiloyeklo and for the weak, which is the Rabanon, that they should not become sick. According to Rabiosi Umash Mespalin, Mirkashonim, Anu Klamon, Lukidal Kamon, that which we pray for sustenance, that is in accordance with what we say later, Bipirkin, Tafid Zinobes, Shimposku Shamim Muatin, Shiodim Mokom. Bizman, that if the decree on Rosh Hashanah, or the Gishomim, we said that the rains alamaim the, the din is Anachag, An Sukkis, if, whatever the Shita is, of when the din is, it's not like Rabbi Yossi, every day. So, and not like Rabbi Nelson, every moment. So, what is the point of the prayer of Birkas is even after the Xadin, whatever the amount was decreed, it can be delivered in a way that is more efficient and less efficient. So it is still important to pray that whatever the judgment was, it be sweetened, and that it fall in a way that yields the best crop. Vodjeshlomar, didn't shine. Another answer. But the prayer of the community is different. Even though there's a decree, the decree of the tzibur is subject to being torn apart. That can be undone. de So okay, that's a teretz that the tzibur should pray because even though there is gzardin, it can be undone, can be overturned for the community. the rabbim. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that one who visits the sick offers this prayer whenever it takes place, even though, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the judgment was written on Rosh Hashanah and sealed on Yom Kippur. So why is he praying? You can also answer along these lines. It is like a prayer for uh, of the congregation. It is have a because if you look at his prayer, he's not praying just for the individual. He says, God should be merciful upon you, the sick one, and on the ill of his nation Israel. So that is like Rabbim, and therefore it's subject to overturning the decree. So that's a a teretz of why even the Chachamim and Rabbi Hudav will will bother with being Masfalel, Something that is subject to a Gzeera already, a previous Gzeera, because for the Rabbin it's, it's it's able to be overturned. It's another Terence. al this idea that Tam is saying that there's only Gzardin on Tchilos HaCholi, the beginning of the illness, but not on the end of the illness, that's a Pliatzumah. It's a very surprising assertion. Let's see the Gemara of Arazor, Defman, Haim, and Aleph. Amalei Zunin Rabbi Kiva. Zunin said to Rabbi Kiva, "Li bi v'li pcha yoda. Your heart and my heart know. There is nothing substantial, no reality to idolatry. There is only one power, v'ha kachadin gari, and we see people, kimsbari, they go and become healed. Also, kimsmadim. So that seems." rashi says people are that they're they're uh, lame that go to worship idols they return from praying to the idolatry in a state of healing so how could it be that idolatry heals my time what is the reasoning answers Zunin, don't be in a swell from this. You're correct. There's no Mamashas Tabarazara. but I'll explain to you what it's like. like a trustworthy person who is in a city. Everybody deposited for safekeeping with this person who is trusted, without witnesses. And one person came and said, I'll put money by you, but I need witnesses, implying he doesn't trust him. One time he came and deposited without witnesses. His wife was offended that this guy did not trust her husband. He said, let's deny that he kept his, his uh, deposited his, Money with you. Just because this fool is acting in a manner that is inappropriate, should we lose our faithfulness, our trustworthiness? In a similar manner. Suffering. At the time when they are brought upon man. They are adjourt they should not leave only on a certain day they should not they should not go other than on a certain day meaning the beginning of the illness and should not leave other than at a certain day obib and even a certain hour vaide Ploni, and through a certain healer vaide samploni and through a certain salve certain medication when the time comes for the suffering, the illness, to leave. This guy happens to go to the house of idolatry. The, the suffering, that now their time is up, they've got to leave. They say, that we shouldn't leave. And then they come back and say because this fool Went to the house of idolatry. He did something inappropriate. We should lose our oath. We were we took an oath We were we were adjured not to leave uh, Not to go in until a certain time not to leave Other than at a certain time. So we have to leave at the time so too bad that it looks terrible that this fool is Going to the house of idolatry, making a chilul Hashem, that it looks like that's causative, but it's just a coincidence in the sense that it's a correlation, not causation. And the illness is leaving because it has to leave at that time, but not because the guy went to the house of idolatry. That's the, Rabbi Yochanan says what is implied in the verse: uh, bad, evil illnesses that are trustworthy, they're evil in what they're sent to do, and they stay true to the oath that they leave when it's time to leave. So we see from this Gemara that there's a Shvua on Isurin when they need to leave. So what's Pshat in urbanotam Tam? says there's a Gzardin when the person becomes ill, and there's not a Gzardin on when the illness needs to leave. How does he deal with the Gemara in Avrazara? The Yaivet asks the Kasha. Nech v'etzido? Avagav, damrinon. <speaking in> Perker bishmual, Avrazara, nunehemet <Hebrew> aleph, v'neemonim bishuasam. V'tolomar, sh'lo n'egzor Mosay Yisra'apu. Shelo nigza shelo israpu kodemze adebekoshus rahme. The tfilo vadae mahanya lak dome refo. There's not a decree that they cannot be healed before this point. Certainly, the prayer seeking out divine mercy helps to hasten the healing. Nonetheless, ubolochila vada nigza admosayu. Without any overture of prayer to God, there is a defined time of the illness, not only in the beginning, but also at the end. That's clear in the Gemara. Rabbi was not arguing with the Gemara. There is a time that is fixed, not only at the beginning, but at the end. However, that the illness comes, that's what Rabbeinu Tam is saying. It's already decreed, according to Rabanan, from Rosh Hashanah, that there will be an illness starting at such a time. It's also decreed that the illness will leave at some subsequent time. However, the leave time is not fixed. If a person prays for mercy, then it is conceivable that the prayer will help to hasten his healing. So that's the, the reason for the prayer, even though the decree took place earlier, because the end time is not set in stone. That's not the same level of decree, even though, without any intervention of prayer, there is a set time for healing built into the initial decree. According to the second Mahalach, that it is, according to the Rabbanon, that we pay, play, we pray now. In accordance with Rabbi Yitzchak. That so Adam So that is a an alternate mahalach that the prayer is helpful. Presumably even for the individual. And presumably even for the decree, meaning. According to Rabbi Yitzchak, the initiation of the decree is also subject to revision, even for the individual, by prayer. And the Rabbanon would agree with that, according to the second opinion. According to the first opinion, they disagree with Rabbi Yitzchak, and it would be like Rabbi Yossi. The, the prayer to not become sick is not subject to revision, and would be tefillah shav, according to the Rabbanon. Amr Rabbi Yehuda Mishum Rabbi Kivo. If a brisa, Rabbi Yehuda says, in the name of Rabbi Kivo, if ne'ma Amratera, have you omer bePesach? Why did the Torah say to bring an omer on Pesach, the barley offering? If ne'isha Pesach zman tuo, because Pesach is the time of grain, the early grain. Amrakarosh barcho, have you lofanai omer bePesach? God said, bring before me an omer, a measure of barley, on Pesach, in order that you shall have blessing in the grain in your fields. In accordance with what we saw in our Mishnah, and there's a judgment of Tevua on Pesach. So the Hakravas Haomer, the bringing of the Omer, is an important offering for our benefit, but this is a source of blessing for all the grain. Why did the Torah say, "Bring the as the two loaves of wheat from the new harvest of wheat on Shavuos? z'man Because sh'vus is the time for the fruits of the trees. Amra G'adosh Baruch Hu ev'il ufanai sh'tei halachem says, bring before me the sh'tei on atzeres on sh'vus k'day sh'yizbaruchu lachem pe'er sa'il anu. In order that you have blessing of the fruits in the trees. M'tei ma'amra Tera nishu why did the Torah say to make a libation of water on Sukkis? Amal Kadosh Baruch Hu, nisqa l'fana, ma'am b'cha'a k'dashis, l'chem Make a libation of water on Sukkis in order that you shall have a blessing of adequate and bountiful rain over the course of the coming year. Amru l'fana, ve'imru l'fana, b'rosha shana, and say before me on Rosh Hashanah, Amal Fiyot Zichronos Malchus, alechem. Why should a person? Why are we commanded to do malchus zikronos v'sho'fros? Malchus, in order to accept God's sovereignty. Zikronos we do zikronos, that we be recalled for good before God. in what way should we be recalled? V'sho'far, through the blast, yom zechantrua. Amr Rabbi Yehov, lama tokin b'shofar shel ayal? Rabbi Yehov says, Why is it that we have a blast with the ram's horn? Amr kadosh baruch hu tiko l'ofan God said that we should blast before Him with the shofar made from a ram, k'desh esgalachem akedas Yisroch ben in order that I recall for you the akeda, the binding of Isaac, son of Abraham, umala ni alechem ki ilu akadat and I will consider upon you as if you have bound yourself before me. Rabbi Yitzchok, or Amar Rabbi Lama token Rosh Hashanah, why do we have the blast on Rosh Hashanah? Lama token, Rachmano what's the question? The terrorist says, you shall blast the shofar. Elo Lama why do we have the truah, the broken staccato blast? Marian Aman trua what do you mean Marian the Torah also says zikhan trua we should have a day of the recollection of the trua blast which is estacado blast alalama token why do we have to and an shva trua yoshvin first before tfilah the token of marien kishhen omdim and then again top of tzinam base again another series of blasts of Tia and Trua when they're standing in Amido. Why have both? Kede Laarve in order to confuse the accuser. Titos Bishof Ayo Perekra Uhubazdin Tnandra Byosi Masha Afishalpara Rabyosi is of the opinion that one may even use the horn of a cow but we like The token that we seek to blow the shofar blast with ram's horns that are bent. That's the conclusion of the Gemara there. token We have the series of straight blasts and broken blasts prior to the Amida and during the Amida How could we have a repetition of the mitzvah? Very nice, you want to confuse the Satan but maybe you're giving him more ammo There's an Isra in the Torah You're not allowed to add to the tarot. So how could you engage in a repetition of the mitzvah? Sounds like you're adding to the tarot. The law over. And if you want to say, since the obligation has already been discharged, it's considered not at its time, and therefore is not a violation of Baal Tosef, of adding to the Torah, Gabi Kohanim. We see later concerning the mitzvah Birchas Kohanim De is not allowed to add another blessing on his own. Because the time is not over. If another community would come, he would make another blessing for them. So it's still the right time frame. And therefore, it's still subject to Baltosif to adding to the mitzvahs. He's not allowed to make his own blessing. We can't say, hey, he's already fulfilled his obligation. He gave the blessings the Torah says. So therefore, giving his own additional blessing is not a violation of Baltosif. We see that it would be fact that there are more people that he could bless within that time frame. So more people could be Yotzeh, Tikis, Shofar. It's called the right time and therefore subject to Baal Tosef. So to over here. If you'd have another Tsibor that needs to have Shofar, he would blow again for them. So why is it not a problem about Tosef to intentionally blow a whole series of Tikis and truos? After you already were yotze. V.A. Shloma. The Ein Sharab Tosef Tosif, Mitzvah Achas, Bez Pamim. A Teretz. Tosif wants to answer. that The prohibition of Al Tosif is not applicable to a circumstance that somebody is doing the same thing, the Mitzvah, twice. Kigon, Koin. Mevarach, Bachos, Mevarach, Osu, Tzibor, Atzmo. The coin blessed the three blessings of Birchas Koanim once for the Tzibor, and then again for the same Tzibor. That is also not baltosif, not an addition to the Torah, which is a violation. O, oh, lulav not. Similarly, if somebody took the lulav, all four species, and went and took it again, that's not baltosif. That's not a violation of adding to the Torah. Tokev. Similarly, if somebody does the obligatory blasts of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah and then repeats it, which is our case, it will not be a violation of baltosif. V'gabi. Matnas Nami And similarly by the applications of blood for the offering of the firstborn of the flock, the firstborn peterechim, the of the sheep, the goats or the or cows. If he does two applications on one corner of the mizbeach, so that's just an additional matonna, an additional application of blood, which is in line with what we're saying until now, not a violation of Baltosif. He's doing the same mitzvah an additional time. That's not what the Torah prohibits of Baltosif. So, therefore, it does confuse the Sultan and it's not giving him further ammo. Kandail Arvev, Rashi says, Sh'lo Yastin Kishayish Maishra, Michavin Esa mitzvos, in he will not be able to accuse when he hears the Jewish people treat the mitzvahs so dearly and he will stammer. He will not be able to present a coherent argument against the Jewish people. Next Tosfuz, K'day l'arviv essa satan, Pirush b'arroch, Giddu isa b'yushalmi, Bol ha-moves amav- lan-netzach, Exiv v'hay b'yom ahu, Italka Shofar g'odol, Kad Shoma Kol Shifuro So there's a prophecy that on that day the blast of the great shofar ushering in of the redemption is the end game for the Sultan, the evil inclination will be destroyed. So when he hears the first blast, he's getting nervous. Is this the shofar of redemption? When he hears the second one, Now he's really nervous. This has got to be the blast of redemption. And it's time to be swallowed up. And he gets distressed and confused. And he's not composed to present his attack, his accusation law Each year, which does not have the chauffeur blasts at the beginning, one can expect travails at the end. My time, the low. The reason is because the accuser was not deterred and he was able to present his arguments, and it was a more menacing judgment. This is not talking about when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, when we don't blow, It's talking about if something happened unexpectedly and a person was not able to be Yodze shofar on Rosh Hashanah, but when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos. So, even though they're not allowed to blow the shofar, it does not mean that they're destined for a bad year. And Rabbi Yitzchak said that every year that is humble at its beginning, lowly at its beginning, becomes enriched by its end. Sh-neema sashana mireishis ksiv vat sofa sheish akhris so the passing says mireishishana ad akhrishana divine uh, providence from beginning to year to the end of the year and what does it mean akhris sofa sheishla and the end of the year that has a sustained a sustained uh, substance it is enriched Rashi, what does it mean that the Jewish people present themselves as paupers when they approach God on Rosh Hashanah to speak in a manner of supplication and prayer with supplication does the uh, the lowly speak since the Jewish people on Rosh Hashanah are humbled their, their heart is broken so that arouses divine mercy therefore the year is blessed subsequent to the approach on Rosh Hashanah in a stance of humility Rabbi "Ain done in adam myself And Rabbi Yitzchak says, "A person is only judged in accordance with his deeds at that moment." as the verse says, "Ki Elohim that God heard the voice of the lad where he was to save Yishma Shmuel was crying out, and he was saved. Where he was. Let's see, Rashi. Shneema Rabasheru Sham. Matzino bebreishis Rabba. The midrash says, "Amr Malach Hasharis with kol Baruchu." The ministering angel said before the Holy One blessed be He, "Rebano Shelolom, mi shasid Bono The Heine says, "Bonecho, the one whose children in the future, if you, you save him now, will kill your children." But some with thirst, the be'er, you're going to bring miraculously uh, a well of water. Shneemar, as it says in Yeshaya HaFalav, Moshe be'erev agomer, Likros somo, hisiv maim, Shahimotzin, Likros HaGolim, mine, Meluchim, Venodos nefuchim, chulu. That those who were in exile on their way out were presented deceptively, first with salty foods, and then when they were thirsty, they were given empty skins of what looked like water. And when they opened them up, it killed them. So the, the thirst was a, a tool employed in their murder. Kedis HaHassam. Bisha sadiku. O Rasha. God said to them, the angels, at this moment, Hasha, is he righteous or is he wicked? Amrlod sadik. They said, right now he's, he's righteous. Amrlehem b'sha' Where he is there. E'ni don es ha'olam I only judge the world at its time, the way it is at the, that time, at the time of judgment. The Rashi in Yaakov and the Rif says Ha'adam. Ha'olam or Ha'adam. Either the world or the individual at that time. Ve'amah Rabbi Yitzchak. maskirin <speaking> Rabbi <Hebrew> taught another thing. Three things bring recollection of a person's sins, and therefore obviously should be avoided. Elohim, these are that. Kirnatui a wall that is bent, precarious situation at risk of falling. Viunt filo let's see, Rashi, Kirnatui. Ovetov, we're talking about somebody who's going under it. Maske Ravanosov. It brings a recollection of his sins. Shaomer Is this person deserving of a miracle? And through that he is searched. The second thing. As she says, He relies on his prayer. That it should be listened to. And he exerts himself to focus his heart. That also. Somebody is relying on his prayer. So is he worthy? Chamoser din Javero and one who passes judgment on his friend. Damer Revi Avdin, there's another gersa here. Channon, Kol Chamoser din alchaveru, who anybody who passes judgment to brings about judgment for his friend, he is punished first. Shenema, as it stated, Toma Sorai, Elavram, Chamos Sorai said to Avram. My wrath is upon you. That she wanted him to have prayed for her, to have a child, and she felt that it was uh, that he should be judged for not having done so. Vexive vayov Avram Sarah Subsequently, it's written, Avram came to give a eulogy and cry for Sarah, meaning she died first. Vam Rabbi Yitzchak, Makrin, Gzaedino, shel Adam. Rabbi Yitzchak said another teaching, there are four things that rip up the decree of a person. Another Gyusa is three, three things, and some say a fourth. Veloheim. These are the matters that are potent to destroy a decree. Tzedakah, Taoko, Shinwei Shem, Vishinwei Maisa. Charity crying out to God in prayer, changing one's name and changing one's deeds. It arouses judgment because the person is evaluated. Is he worthy that another should be punished on his account? kavrosa Avram buried Sarah. She was judged first. Shinui, ma'isa, shav mirasa, changing his deeds, meaning to do teshuva. Tzedaka, dersiv, utsdaka tatzum imaves. The in Mishle yud and giving charity, spares one from death. Tsu'aka, crying out, tfila, dersiv is written. Va'yitsaku el dinai, Mitsuko sehem yotzie. That when they call out to God at their state of of narrowness, so God will will re- redeem them, will will take them out from their travail. Shinuay a How do I know that changing one's name can alter, rip up a decree? deceive sorry, As it says, God told Avram, Sarai lo sarai Don't call her name, sarai, for her name is Sarah. And after that, she was able to have a child. The decree was ripped. Exceive. And it's written. How do we know that Teshuvah can rip up a decree? Dirsiv, as is written. Vajar Elohim and God saw their deeds, referring to Ninveh, and what was the conclusion? And God did not do the evil that He had originally declared they were deserving of, because they did teshuva. Some say even changing one's place, as is written. It says, God commanded Avram to depart from your land, And I will make you into a great nation. So changing the location, going into a form of exile, for Avram that was going away from ur Kasdim to Eretz Yisrael. So in, in that merit of that change, he was given the, the the old judgment against him, to not have children was, was destroyed, and he was able to be made into a great nation. And according to the other opinion that does not include That was in the merit of the land of Israel, and not in the merit of changing his location. The the merit of Israel is what helped him. Rabbi Yitzchok, Chai of Adom laHakpok neRav Obriga. Rabbi Yitzchok says a person is obligated to greet his Rebbe on the festival. Shenamar, Madua atoleches elohayom lochodesh for Shabbos. By the Ishah Shunames, the Avtara Parshah we have her going to Elisha, and her husband says, Why are you going? It's not the time of Chodesh or Shabbos. It implies that on Chodesh and Shabbos she should go to Bimakba Pnei Rabbu. taught another thing. A person is obligated to purify himself on the festival. And in their carcasses you shall not touch to become impure. We have a, a brisa supporting this idea and in their carcasses you shall not touch is it possible that the Jewish people are prohibited to touch a nevela a carcass that would render them ritually impure we have a verse that teaches us to the contrary speak to the Kohanim the sons of Aaron only the children of Aaron they are warned against impurity and the Jewish people that are not kohanim, they are not commanded to avoid the ritual impurity. And there's a Kavachom here, a Israel 8 logic. And that which, the stronger form of tumah, of ritual impurity, through contact with the dead, the Israelim are not commanded to avoid, only kohanim are commanded to avoid. Tumah kala l'kolshkeim. So the light ritual impurity that is contracted by contact with a carcass uh, that was not slaughtered properly, so all the more so. If that does not apply, uh, who is that describing? If there's a prohibition, it can't be that it's speaking to all of Israel. They're not commanded to avoid the more severe ritual impurity. So what is the verse coming to teach you? It's referring to the requirement to maintain purity or purify oneself when coming to the pilgrimage there must be a state of purity and that applies to everybody Ama And before we do that, let's see tosus Ve'iun tfila. We saw three things that Rabbi Yitzchak says bring about a person to judgment What is the implication of Iyon in this context? It's like the Iyon of Get Pashat. There are three things that a person is not spared from every day. And one of them is tfila. It means that a person is not spared every day from the challenge of maintaining focus in his prayers, and at some point, typically a person has to struggle with maintaining his focus in his prayer. Kedama Yerushalmi, as it's stated in the Yerushalmi, the Perak Hayekure, Om Rabbo Min Yoma Luchavanes, that Rebbechia Rabbo says that he is not able to have kavana. El Echad Boist Boiz, one time he tried to maintain his kavana, Belibi and he he had thoughts in his heart. Amri, Man Al kumay Malkal Kadmoy, Al He he was struggling thinking uh, thinking who is coming before him. Is it a king or a governor or or the exolarch, somebody? He was having a hard time focusing. Shmuel says, I am, am counting parchaya, Ephrochaya is what the Yerushalmi says, the Aivetz points out, that Moshe explains, machmas That he has things flying in his head on account of thinking in Torah. It's hard for him to focus on tefillah because... Of the thoughts of Zara that are entering his mind. So also struggling to maintain focus in the prayer. Ana Monis He said I would count the beams. Amar Rabbi Mana the Mona said, I am grateful to my head. Have the Modim Havakara that when I got to Modim, my I bowed from my bones. So we see that it's a challenge to maintain focus, and sometimes a person reflexively gets to Modim and bows down, and it recalls for him that it's, he should be focusing on his prayer. upon him. This is a danger in that it brings about a judgment for a person. If he is calling out to God and he's not paying attention, so this can bring about a judgment to recall his sins. So this is all, again, what Rabbeinu Tam said. But another Balitosus disagrees vociferously. Ella to the contrary mari busam yaslahaven libo like rashi said it's talking about somebody who's exerting much energy to focus his heart moter shitlosonashmas and he is confident that his prayer will be heard and accepted kehi the perak ain omdin like the gamon and omdin am bazon bazon rochas marit filosofa ayin ki de mugah haroe de omer of yehudah amarav gemod varam mari chin yom Three things, give a person length of days. And it includes one who prays at length. The Gemara seems to present this as a good thing. But we have another teaching from Reb'chia Bar'Abo, the one who at prays at length and is Ma'ayin this that we're describing, has different meanings, can lead to heartache, somebody who did have a good focus in his prayer, and says that his, with confidence, that his request will be fulfilled, because he prayed with proper kavanah, and he comes to heartache, and he is heartbroken that his request is not fulfilled. It's, this is referring to prayer. Through in the confidence that his prayer will be answered, his deeds are examined. Lomar, He's confident in his merits let us examine what are his merits. So the Gemara explains that philo, there are different ways to interpret it. If he's... The, the heartbreak comes from a person who is confident that his prayer will be answered and if it doesn't get answered the way he wants, that's what it's talking about. But if he doesn't have that then it is ma'ach if he will get length of days. So now, in the Sikum, Tosus, working with Rashi, in the interpretation of Iyun Tefila here, not like Rabinu Tam, All three matters that can arouse judgment on a person are in the same vein. Kir Natoi, the person who walks under a dilapidated wall, because he is certain in his merit and he passes by so that brings about the recollection of his merit does he deserve a miracle one who passes judgment or demands judgment for his friend that he's so confident in his merit that his friend will be punished for what, what the friend did to him so that, that all three are an outgrowth of overconfidence in a person's personal merit that brings about judgment on what those merit are. Continuing in the Gemara. Amar Rabbi Krasvodai, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Krasvodai said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Shlosh Sfarim Niftachim Rosh the three Sfarim, three books that are opened on Rosh Hashanah. Echad Shal Rosh Hashim one for the entirely wicked. Vechad Shal Tzadikim Gemurim, one for the entirely righteous. Vechad Shal Benunim. And a third book for those in between. Tzadikim gemurim nechtovem v'nechtomem l'alter l'chaim. Those who are entirely righteous are written and sealed immediately for life. Roshayim gemurim, those who are entirely wicked, nechtovem v'nechtomem l'alter l'miso. They are written and sealed immediately for death. Beinonim, those in between, tzluin ba'omdin. They are hanging and waiting. Meroshoshona ad Yom Kippurim. From Roshona till Yom Kippur. Zorchow, if they merit, nechtovem l'chaim. They are written for life. If they do not merit, they are written for death. It's interesting that it says by the Beinonim, Nechtovin, not nechtomin. Iyun, why when we're describing the waiting period until Yom Kippur, when we determine whether they merit or didn't merit, which Rabbi points out, what is the catalyst for merit, it doesn't mean if they did other things in between, there's one thing that they could do to alter the course of what was written on Rosh Hashanah. Zachu If they merited and did do Shuva, return to HaKadosh Baruch then Nechtovin l'chaim. Lo tshuva, So Rabbi El-Khananah points out we're talking about tshuva specifically, not just any teshuvah, not any merit only the merit of tshuva that can alter the judgment for that previous year. And still, the description is written, not sealed. In contrast, for Nechtomin, both for Tzadikim Gemurin, and Rashaim Gemurin, Tzoruch B'ir, why that is. Akhara, we're talking about a Hasimah, of their conclusion of their din on Yom Kippur. But yet the Gemara still says, Nechtavin, they're written. Omar Rabbi Avin. My crow, what is the scriptural support for this idea? Pasuk says, "Imochu misefer chayim, v'im tzadikim alikoseval." Imochu misefer zeh, Sifran shorashim. They should be blotted out from this book. This is the book of the of the wicked. Rishonim kumurin. Chayim imochu misefer is the safer of Rishayim. Chayim is Sifran Shel Tzadikim. Zeh Sifran Shel Tzadikim. V'im Tzadikim al... And with the righteous, al equals sefer they should not be written. Zeh Sifran Shel Benonim. This is the book of those in between the holy righteous and holy wicked. So it sounds like in the context that David HaMelech is asking for his enemies, to not make it to the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, but rather that they should be uh, killed prior. That's the Mashmots. Not make it even to the writing, uh, to, to be written and sealed, not even in the book of the entirely wicked, not not with the righteous, and not with a Benonim, but that they shouldn't make it at all. Reb Nachman Bar Yitzchak has a separate scriptural support for these three books. This is not by David Melch, but by Moshe This is not by but by Moshe Wipe out, please. Sifran shall Didn't Moshe bin is asking do not write me with the book of the wicked. Yeah, in the Anyakov it says Gmurin. Also in the Kisfiat does not say Makini No, Ze Sifran Shall Rashim. Ze Sifran shot From your book is the book of the righteous. Tadikim Gmorim. That's from the En Yaakov and the Kisle It says Gmurim. Asher Kosavto, that you have written. Is that a This is the book of those in between. Moshe Beno is pleading if, he does not, if God does not spare the Jewish people, that he does not want to be written in any of these books. Tanya. We have a Bryce. Beshamai Omrim. Gimel kitosheim liomadin. There are three groups for the day of judgment. Rashi says, "Keshe yichyu This is after the resurrection of the dead. There will be three groups: achas shel tzadikim kumurim, v'achas shel rishon kumurim, One group of the entirely righteous, one of the entirely wicked, and one of those in between. Tzadikim kumurim, nechtavim, nechtamim la'al tzelechayol those who are entirely righteous after they are resurrected from the dead will be written and sealed immediately for eternal life. And those who are entirely wicked after they are resurrected will be written and sealed immediately for purgatory. as the verse states, yakitsu, Ela l'chaya olam ve'eyla le diron olam. In Daniel, yudbeis beis. So, after the multitude of those sleeping, the, the earth, the, the dust, are woken up, these to eternal life, and these to embarrassment and eternal mortification. Benunim yortin legehenim, those in between, Go down into Gehenem, top of Yitzhayn and Mera'ath. Mitzapzaphin, Rashi says, Tsoakim, Ubochim, they cry out. Mitochisurin, Shoachas, Veolim, because of the pain of being in Gehenem, they cry out for a moment and they ascend, Veolim. Sheneemar, as the verse states, Vevesi es, Ashlishis, Boesh, and I will bring the third, this is in Zecharia. the third that is a remnant that survives in fire and I will purify them like the smelter of silver and I will test them like when testing gold also he will call out my name and I will answer him that's the third group that will be subject to an instant of Gehenim and cry out to and be saved and ascend. Let's go back to Tosos, Baram Tazayin Amat Be'ez. el ch'tomen l'alte l'chaim. V'nei k'achoshev b'inunim, mashmoa delatsadikim, gimurim, karadamish, itzchuyos of merubim. It sounds like the categorization of entirely righteous and entirely wicked depends on what is the majority of their deeds, of the weight of their deeds. Of course, only God knows how to measure the import of each deed. But on the whole, and yet sometimes we find the righteous are sealed for death, and those who are entirely wicked for life. And he pays to his enemies on his face to destroy him. And as explained in the end of the first chapter of Kedushan, la Testament Be'ez, somebody who has a majority of merit, do service, the way he is treated is as though he has burned the entire Torah, and did not leave even a remnant. And therefore his suffering in this world atones for the 49% of his weight of his sins. If he's just on the other side, and his sins are greater than his merits, do then... He is treated as one who has fulfilled the entire Torah and did not omit one letter. And therefore he will receive his reward in this world. So how can we resolve that Gemara with what we're describing here? That the Tzadikim have a judgment for, for life and the wicked, for death. It's talking about life in the world to come. does not mean in this world. In this world, there's a different set of, of judgment, as the Gemara says in Kedushan, that is not reflected. Uh, we don't see the judgment described here. That's what Tosus answers. Let's see the next Tosus. This is describing the resurrection of the dead. And even though they were already judged after their death, to either receive the bliss of Gan Eden or the suffering of Purgatory, there will be another judgment for the soul, In the if you will merit the eternal life that will continue forever, and there are those who already received their judgment in purgatory and from that perhaps they will merit in this new judgment and the pashat the Pshat in why there needs to be another judgment is that although they were judged at the time of their death and receive whatever they receive there will be need for new judgment because the manifestations all of the ripples of their actions or inactions in this world will not be realized until the final great day of judgment and they will need to be resurrected for that new judgment on everything they did and what the impact of that was until the end, to so the final day of judgment. So that's the, the Pashup shot why there will need to be a new judgment even though they already received judgment at the time of their death. And Tosus is saying, perhaps... Uh, they will already have received adequate judgment at the time of Gehenim that they received after their death and will merit uh, the eternal uh, experience of intimacy with God after that point, after Tchisamesim, and not be locked into the Gehenim that they received after their death. The Benyo Yoda explains this idea of the judgment of Sadiqim and Rashaim, uh, quoting the Arizal that receives it, he says, from Eliyah that there are two spirits that each person has. It says, uh, quoting our sages, Nishma Saroshe Redis Araglo Besod. That the soul of the wicked goes down through the legs, descends, as is mentioned in Hazor and Sefer Tikunin, Ininhu, Kerosha. The matter is as follows When a wicked person, Kashero when he sends, Murineshmos He dr- draws down his soul into purgatory, sachayim, while he's yet alive. At the time of his formation, he's created, the spirit is blown into him, in, into his person. And when he sins, he pushes his soul down under his feet. And it is sunken into purgatory. And in accordance with the depravity of his sins, he descends. His spirit descends. And that's why we are told that the wicked in their life are called dead. And with the ultimate realization of wickedness, they've completed the descent of their soul into purgatory even while they are yet alive. And if you'll say, we still see that he's living, how could he be called dead? Da rosha nechta ve-nechta m'misab roshashana v'rey anachnu roim oso as we san we see he's alive. What does it say? He's signed and sealed for death. Avol The answer is im haniskar kishtei b'chinos nishamayishbaram. There are two elements of the soul in a person. Hatartono nechneses v'pnuyuso the lower soul fills his body. V'lyono nisharas b'chinos tzelem and the upper soul. Is like an aura, Makif al Rosho, surrounding his head. Kamoshe Omar Akosov, as it says in Tehillim Lamatess Zain, Achb Tselom Yusalech Ish. kenoda, as is known. Beis Shuchot at a time of person sinning, Yerez Madrega Tartono Mimeno, El Togen His spirit descends to purgatory. Kach Nerneses, Pnimioso, Madrega Tartono, Shalnashmoso El Yona, Necros, Tselem. So, as the soul that was put into his body descends, the soul that is meant to be above him, surrounding him like an aura, is drawn down into his body in order to give him the ability to to survive. So the, the soul that really should be like an aura around him is drawn down into his body. And if he sinned to the degree that the lower soul that fills his body is drawn down, submerged into purgatory, then the upper soul that surrounds him is entirely engulfed by his body. And he has no more Salem al-Rosho. No more aura on his head. The im od Yosef Lachto if he sins further, od gamatzel mahu yor the mata matul ganem. Even that soul descends into Gehenim. adrega achem adrega, level after level, kifigadar cheshchotah in accordance with the depravity of the sin. Ve'oz gamatzel nigmar the rest let say derech magalosov el gehennim. Ve'oz olav amar kassuv ki im amanu seym mvdilim. And then even that higher soul, that higher aspect of the soul will descend into Gehennem. And that is the description of the soul being cut off. Every aspect of his soul has been cut off and severed in that it has descended into Gehennem. And they're not holding on above. And it does not have a root up above. And not above but by the righteous, the lower soul is entirely in their body. And the upper soul stands as a shade on their head, like an aura on his head, as, as the secret of a, an encompassing light. And from there he's able to draw down life from above. Tomit, continuously. murika from and to bring it forth onto his soul, Ashabasoko that is inside his body. The Yesh Train Ruchin, and he has always two spirits, Khad Basi, Hiolona, the one of the world to come, which is the upper soul, Sheibisumalo, Minach, which is above the chest area. Khad Balmo Dain, one of this world, Minhosomata, that is from the chest and below, Bemokuman Nigla, sham binyan. That is the soul of this world. The animal spirit, if you will. And that is the idea we find in the prophets that God calls to them twice. Moshe Moshe That there are two souls that God is calling. This is all quoting from raim, And we see, according to this, there is purgatory in life during a person's life and therefore that is an interpretation of our daily prayer that we be spared from the judgment of Gehenna meaning in this life not just in the future